must arm our airmen to outthink, outperform, outpartner, outinnovate any potential adversary. Air Force Basic Military Training has an updated curriculum with a new focus on readiness and lethality. The first command, the Air Force starts here. Hey, hey, everybody, welcome in episode 38 of the podcast today. Thanks for the subscribe stream or download. However, you might be listening in if you got some extra time and want to leave us a review. We certainly would appreciate that as well. We always appreciate the feedback from everyone out there listening in. My name is Dan Hawkins from the Air Education and Training Command Public Affairs Office and your host for this professional development podcast dedicated to bringing total force, big A airmen, insight, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from the recruiting, training, and education world. Great podcast today as we're talking with Dr. Kristen Hissong, an assistant professor of regional and cultural studies for Middle East, North Africa at the Air Force Culture and Language Center at Air University, and she's going to talk about her upcoming presentation entitled Women, Peace, and Security that will be on display during the AU 5th Annual Language Regional Expertise and Culture Symposium that's going to happen October 14th through the 16th. It's a virtual conference. It's free to register and attend. It will be held on Microsoft Teams, so that's the way that you can attend. The theme of the symposium is called Hindsight 2020, and Dr. Hisong is going to talk about women, peace, and security, and why that's so important, and how it relates to the theme of the conference of Hindsight 2020. So what can we learn from history and apply it to today as we look to increase our ability to understand and better operate inside of different theaters around the world? Women, peace, and security refers to a set of resolutions, statements, and initiatives regarding the importance of gender equality to peace and security efforts. It was part of a United Nations Security Council Resolution 1325 that was passed back uh, 20 years ago now in the year 2000. And that resolution formally acknowledged the changing nature of warfare, including the inordinate impact of war on women, and also stressed the importance of women's equal participation and, and full involvement in all efforts relating to the maintenance and promotion of peace and security. So a really in-depth conversation with Dr. Hisong, and she is very passionate about this subject, and she makes a lot of great points about why the women, peace, and security piece of negotiations is so important. The the really striking stat she's able to provide about women's direct participation in peace negotiations, increasing the sustainability and quality of peace. It's really eye-opening, so I think you're going to enjoy it. And of course, she's going to talk about the symposium and the great lineup of speakers that they are going to have. The commander of U.S. AFSINT is going to be part of this symposium. Lieutenant General Kirk Smith, the deputy commander of U.S. Africa Command, will also be a presenter. And she also talks about Dr. David Vine, who is a uh, professor of political anthropology at American University in Washington, D.C. as a presenter. So lots of great information about this language, regional expertise, and culture symposium. So let's get right to it. Episode 38 of the Air Force Starts Here launches right now. 
Well, I'm an assistant professor of Middle East and North Africa Studies at the Air Force Culture and Language Center. I've been there since February 2017. And, and so you're in the Middle East, North Africa department, and tell us, what all does that really mean? I mean, it sounds uh, pretty expansive, but what are some of the classes and the things that you do at the uh, AFCLC? So as most of our Air University listeners probably know, our centers and boards are quite uh, intertwined. So I, I teach electives and in the Regional Security Studies program for Air War College and electives uh, and countries, you know, focused on the Middle East and North Africa. But my, the Air Force Culture and Language Center is a department or a center of the affiliated with the Air War College. So, for instance, uh, previously I've taught courses about modern Middle East history and sectarianism, but right now I'm actually teaching a course on women, peace, and security in CENTCOM. So you talked about women, peace, and security, and that's actually why we're talking today. You're getting ready for a presentation uh, during the upcoming fifth annual Air University Language, Regional Expertise, and Culture Symposium. Uh, and the theme of, of this symposium is Hindsight 2020, but I, I kind of wanted to start with the women, peace, and security. It, it really drew my interest, um, you know, especially when we talk about things like diversity as warfighting imperatives and, and, you know, those kinds of topics and equality across the board. So, Tell us, what is Women, Peace, and Security in the context of your presentation uh, for the symposium? Yeah, I kind of fell into this topic myself. Um, I had been studying ethnic and religious and national differences among populations of the Middle East, and <clears throat> that led me to consider gender or, you know, um, gendered experiences also as identities that people have throughout the world. So I, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to publish a book this past June called Islam and Gender. And that is a, a much more academic side of things that, that introduced me to the Women, Peace, and Security Policy Agenda in the U.S. So WPS stands for Women, Peace, and Security. Broadly, it refers to a set of resolutions statements, and initiatives regarding the importance of gender equality to peace and security efforts. And the big thing, if you've heard anything about WPS, you probably heard about the UN Security Council Resolution 1325, which was passed in 2000. It basically just stresses the importance of women's equal participation and full involvement in all efforts relating to the maintenance and promotion of peace and security. So from there, we passed, the U.S. passed the WPS National Action Plan in 2011 and another in 2016. And in 2017, President Trump signed into law a bipartisan congressional WPS Act, which has led most recently to a June 2020 DOD strategic framework and implementation plan. So despite all this legislation and prioritization, too many people have not yet heard of WPS, 
myself included until quite recently. But if you are familiar with it, you've, um, you've probably heard there are these four pillars which basically talks about the life cycle of women in peace and security efforts from conflict prevention, you know, the best way to win a war is to prevent one, to participation at all stages of conflict, both in civilian and security sectors, um, protection of girls and women from sexual and gender-based violence, and finally, relief and recovery to transition from conflict to peace. So if I had to come up with a more succinct answer, I would just say WPS is the, the full and meaningful participation of women in, in the full life cycle of security. And I found it interesting as I read through some of the background material that you sent me, but, uh, you know, how things can differ uh, even between cultures when it comes to women, peace and security. So can you kind of give an example of that and then why that's so important to the Air Force warfighter? Absolutely. So, you know, our notions of gender... Um, differ between cultures for sure. Think about in the U.S., um, if, there, if we have a baby girl, we, we put up pink balloons. If we have a baby girl, a baby boy, we put up blue balloons, something silly like that. Um, but that's not necessarily a universal thing. That's a, you know, that's a, a cultural influence. So that changes when we, um, probably what comes to mind for most people is recent wars or deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan and knowing that um, things like honor or modesty um, dictate that, that women have a less active role in the public life of various societies. WPS can be a, a universal a universal policy agenda for sure. But it needs to be applied in culturally specific ways that will resonate with, the, with each population. So it's okay to look different in the U.S. than it does in Jordan, for instance. They've got a great national action plan and legislation working there as well. Um, it doesn't need to look the same to, to, to honor that. Um, but it, why it's important for, for airmen and DOD and whole of U.S. government more broadly is, um, first of all, outcomes are more successful when both halves of the population are involved. Uh, you know, women's direct participation in peace negotiations, we have studies to show that it increases the sustainability and quality of the peace. Um, we often hear this figure from a, a, a big study that uh, peace agreements are 35% more likely to last 15 years or more when women are included in the peace-building process. That's pretty straightforward, right? When, when, the full, when the whole of your population is represented in the peace accord, it has a better chance of succeeding. Yet, uh, regard, despite this study, between 1992 and 2018, uh, women constituted just 13% of negotiators 3% of mediators, and 4% of signatories. The other reason I think it's important is because the absence of women's perspective and participation actively harms overall peace and security and can really hinder effective policy development and implementation. 
um, uh, another silly, another lighthearted example is uh, just, you know, if we're planning for a new base or a new temporary camp for displaced people and uh, a group of only one gender is involved, they will map that out according to their experience of the world and what they think that they need. Um, and then you might end up with, you know, missing bathrooms or missing hygiene products or missing ablution stations, depending on the, the people in that area. So planning and operations are basically likely to overlook elements if they lack a gendered perspective. Um, also, we operate in spaces where women have strategic access to communities on the ground that men can't reach. We saw success with female engagement teams or um, human terrain systems in Iraq and Afghanistan where uh, active duty women are able to get access to local women and children or do security checks for women who are potential security threats. Um, so these are just a couple examples where the mission is actively hindered without the presence of women. Yeah, and I, I found it... I do just want to say... I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say I, I found it interesting, too. Um, part of your presentation is talking about the nature of modern warfare and, and soft power versus hard power, and that kind of talks to the, the human terrain systems you were just mentioning and the 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 women on the ground um, having an impact um, by being able to reach uh, the women of the, the host country, in essence. Exactly, exactly, in ways that um, men don't have access to or will harm their mission success by seeking access to. Yeah, so when when you you look at your program as a whole with women, peace, and security, uh, and how does this fit into the overall theme of the uh symposium coming up here in a few weeks uh, that's themed Hindsight 2020? Mm -hmm. Well, I thought it was fitting since this is the 20th anniversary of UNSCR 1325, um, which calls for women's full and meaningful participation. You know, we're, we're kind of looking back to glean best practices and lessons learned to go forward. And that's what hindsight makes me think of, basically, understanding understanding something only after an event has happened. But that can be very valuable when you still have time to get it right. And WPS is at that exciting crossroads now in the U.S. and globally, where we've invested time and resources into building the framework, but now it's time to really take those best practices and lessons learned from the last 20 years and get to work and reap the benefits. And so I, I kind of wanted to take a minute and talk about, you know, how um, women, peace and security. And then, of course, you know, probably most of the topics that are going to be discussed at the Language, Regional Expertise and Culture Symposium, but how that kind of fits into helping develop those partnerships with our allies around the world uh, at the OSD Air Force and even AATC levels where General Webb's priority of fostering and developing strategic uh, relationships. 
Mm-hmm. I, I say two things. So the first is, of course, WPS is not just about women, or it's certainly not saying that women are a monolithic group or, you know, just a tick box and you have the token woman there, so we're good to go. But, you know, it, it's not instead of men, but it's in, in addition, so we have this diverse coalition that can represent the population in question. Um, I, I forget where I came across this, but I remember reading something. Imagine 20 men sitting together around the table to make a decision about how to handle a problem and the outcome they would reach. And then imagine 20 women doing the same, the outcome they would reach. Those are going to necessarily be skewed in their experience of the world. But if we can bring, you know, 10 men and 10 women from from a multitude of diverse backgrounds, they're going to come up with answers that reflect and suit the modern problems we face today much more than organizational groups think. Um, the other thing I would say is, back to the hindsight idea, things seem pretty clear in hindsight. But now we're living in these complex environments that we don't yet have the luxury of hindsight for Maybe in another 20 years, we'll be talking about the, the problems and the decisions that we made in 2020. We also, we know that culture and language skills can't be taught in just-in-time training. Those are things we need to invest in to build partnerships and relationships now. Um, because by the time we realize we need it, it's too late to get up to speed. So I think the best thing we can do is learn from our mistakes and from our successes and get ready for the current and future friends and foes before we're stuck just reacting to a new threat that comes up. As General Brown, you know, his mantra, our new Air Force Chief of Staff, accelerate change or lose, and this is definitely a front to to do that. But I wanted to, to close out with some information about the symposium uh, it's coming up on October 14th through the 16th, and we talked about the theme of Hindsight 2020. Uh, some great information uh, that I found was it's very much free to register and attend, uh, although you must um, re- register uh, to actually attend because it's going to be 100% virtual. Um, but I wanted to ask you, uh, as I look down this list of speakers uh, some pretty impressive speakers who uh, have firsthand experience on the ground and how language, regional expertise, and culture uh, are helping or, or maybe hindering their operations. I think it's going to be a lot of great information at the symposium. I agree. This, this great lineup of featured speakers is kind of, I don't know if it's a love letter to the AFCLC or from the AFCLC, but um, this is our, our network of um, scholars and senior leaders who we've had relationships with through our various programming in the past. And I think it will really provide uh, a critical reflection, critical in the sense of like an academic critical analysis of kind of where we've been in the last 20 years and taking into consideration our current leadership initiatives where we want to go from here. And it, uh, as you said, it, it is all virtual and it's being held on Teams, so that shouldn't be a problem for, for most Air Force listeners, but uh, we're, we also have 
tech support on hand to help anyone set up a Teams account. Uh, that shouldn't be the one thing that keeps you from participating. I mean, you have the commander of Air Force's Central Command in Southwest Asia, U.S. Africa Command, their deputy commander, Lieutenant General Kirk Smith, will be there speaking. Major General Cornish, um, he's got about 30 duty titles, um, but he is the commander of 9th Air and Space Expeditionary Task Force in Afghanistan, as well as the commander of NATO Air Command Afghanistan, uh, works with AFSIN as well. So just, I mean, a ton of other... Uh, folks, we also have some civilians as well. Um, so a very diverse mix of uh, speakers for the symposium. I'm curious, as you look down the list, who are you maybe most interested in hearing from? Well, I can't pick a favorite. I'm really interested to hear from all of them. Uh, the two, I guess, to highlight are, uh, you mentioned Lieutenant General Zio, who's the commander of um, U.S. Accent. Uh, he recently came through our, our GOPAC program, which is maybe a different podcast for a different day, but he is just a, a sharp, uh, compassionate, wonderful leader that I would love to follow up the hill any day. Um, so I'm sure he'll have some insightful remarks. Um, also, Dr. David Vine, as you mentioned, one of the civilian scholars, he's a professor of political anthropology at American University, and he's coming to give remarks about his book called Space Nation. I think there's more to the title, but that's the primary part, um, to kind of you know offer that critical reflection on what the U.S. needs to be thinking of as it assesses locations for forward operating locations or bases um, and how that either strengthens or strains our relationships with our partners downrange. Well, it's no doubt a, a great lineup. So if you have the opportunity to attend or at least uh, attend some of the presentations, you can check out more information at the Air University website, that's www.airuniversity.af.edu slash AFCLC. And that's right there on the homepage. So you can click there for more information on how to register for this free conference that will be on Microsoft Teams, 100% um, virtual. So Dr. Hassan really wanted to say thanks for telling us a little bit about Women, Peace, and Security, which is your presentation uh, at the symposium um, and giving us a, a little bit of insight into uh, what the event's all about. Thanks so much for having me. I hope everyone can join us. It's gonna be really fun. Just a ton to unpack there. A great podcast with Dr. Hisong as she talked about women, peace, and security, her upcoming presentation at the fifth annual AU Language Regional Expertise and Culture Symposium. Again, it's coming up October 14th through the 16th. Registration is free and the virtual platform will be on Microsoft Teams, so registration is required, but make sure you check out this year's conference, uh, the theme Hindsight 2020, a lineup of great speakers. You can find more information and how to register at Air University's website at www.airuniversity.af.edu slash AFCLC slash AU-LREC. As a reminder, you can follow Air Education and Training Command 
on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The AETC Command Team, General Webb and Chief Thompson, they're on social media as well. Again, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For our entire AETC Public Affairs Team, I'm Dan Hawkins. So long. We'll talk to you next time on The Air Force Starts Here.